Hi everyone, it is now 5 p.m. on this Wednesday evening in Kingston, and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share, be sure to contact me via email at news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to CFRC 101.9 FM. My name is Elizabeth Kim and I'm here with Bruce Kaufman, recipient of a 2020 Mayor's Arts Award in Kingston. He's the recipient of the Arts Champion Award, an award that recognizes an individual who makes extraordinary leading contributions to the arts in Kingston as a volunteer, advocate, supporter, sponsor, and philanthropist. Thank you so much for coming out today, Bruce. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. We're so happy to have you here. Um, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been a poet since I was in university, which was a very long time ago. And uh, through the course of it, I wrote a lot when I was in, in university and not so much after, but when I really started to get interested in it again and just passionate about it was really two or three decades later, but a lot of that I have to credit with starting to go to book launches and readings and uh, workshops. And oh, so okay. I figured that's always, I've thought that was always really important mm -hmm. to me as a poet. And uh, yeah, so I can carry on with that at some point, but that is part of what I tried to create here Mm -hmm. uh, after I moved to Kingston in 2000, but it took me a while to uh, figure out how to actually try to create some of that here in Kingston. Yeah, um, thank you for that. Um, so what would you say were like your original creative inspirations and um, what do you write about now? I've always sort of, although my writing has style and has changed over the years, I think when I was in university, there was actually, I'm dating myself, but I I'm from the States originally, the war in Vietnam okay. was going on. So, and wow. social unrest. And so a lot of the things we're seeing now uh, were very prevalent in my university years then. Oh, so wow. a lot of it had to do with that trying to figure out trying to come to grips with the inequalities and that sort of thing. Uh, over yeah. the course of years, I, I'm now more of a, I can't really say a nature poet, but I, mm -hmm. I lean that way. And, but I also still am very aware and try to bring in social issues and things as and environmentalism and things like that yeah definitely those are really important topics that are really relevant today as well um that's really interesting that you merge nature and social issues into your works um do you want to maybe tell us about a specific work you're particularly proud of um, what it's about maybe to give, give our listeners a little bit of an idea 
Oh my gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think. It just it's kind of infused in all of my uh, in my poetry and sporadically, mm -hmm. and I don't have a specific example in front of me, so. Uh, yeah, I'm really sorry, but it's kind no of it's just infused in my work. Uh, yeah, for sure. Maybe not in every poem, but in a lot of, uh, it's prevalent. Yeah. So when you started writing and in your writing career up until now, um, did you look up to any specific authors or poets that you, you know, maybe tried to emulate or take inspiration from? I discovered my favorite poet quite late, actually. It was like, oh, okay. I went to university in, I started in 68 and finished in 72. I discovered mm -hmm. uh, my favorite poet of all time and who still is, uh, W.S. Merwin. Okay. He was an American poet at, uh, uh, and uh, he was also very well, ahead of his time because he was a he too was a naturalist and a nature poet and so I don't mm -hmm. know that I connected with him I don't I'm I've always tried not to imitate him mm -hmm. uh, but uh, he played a very valuable part of me falling in love with poetry I guess okay so did you ever experiment with um, any other forms of writing before you settled in and narrowed it on poetry? Uh, I've dabbled in prose and I've written a few things in prose okay. and it's okay, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same as when I write poetry. It's almost like I don't have to create poetry. It's like, the words just kind of arrive. It's, it's, it, I don't know how wow. to describe it other than that. I, I, well, I do know how to describe it. I call it sort of an intuitive th sort of thing mm -hmm. and just being silent and aware and listening and, uh, and the words just seem to come. Ah, so you take inspiration from the world around what you see, what you feel. Yes. Wow. That's great. Um, no, just pertaining to the award itself, um, it's a great achievement. Congratulations again. Um, you. Do you want to tell us a little more about, you know, the specific works or, you know, activities that you dabbled in in order to get nominated and what the process was like? Okay, it was, it's the Mayor's Award, the Art Champions Award, from um, hmm. the City of Kingston Mayor's Awards for 2020. And... Uh, the arts, they also have creator awards. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were three of those. Uh, every year, there are three of those. Uh, those are for works that people and work and continued work and that people do. Uh, the creator's award, as I am imagining it, is uh, that you've allowed spaces. Mm -hmm. uh, you, uh, I think that's kind of a key thing too for others. Yeah, I, th I think that's kind of a good. I mean, a really short summation of what uh, the award honors. I think, mm -hmm. and uh, and I am guessing I, I, I did not know I was going to win this award really that much ahead <laughs> of time, only because things had to be done like yeah. the film created and all that. Mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. uh, are the those short clips uh, that were part of the presentation. So I had to yes. know a couple of those months. Those were filmed so so nicely. Yeah, they uh, the filmmakers did a wonderful job. Make yeah, did a wonderful did. job of mm -hmm. of uh, filming all of the artists. I thought it was just really really wonderful the way that worked. So yeah, I'm it was guessing really I was. Insightful. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that was that's really insightful. Yeah, um, the videos gave us a really you know like in depth glimpse on all the artists. So it was really nice to see. Yeah, it really was, and mm -hmm. uh, it was really cool. And so I am guessing that it's because of the things I do for the art, artist and poetry community. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so uh, I started this. I created. Uh, I don't know how. Do you want to go in depth with this now, or do you want to? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, getting back to what I said is. I finally decided to try to get something published in 2006 of my own work. Mm -hmm. And I had found these little like uh, coffee houses, things like that, uh, places to try to, it was uh, just a chat book, but it was, uh, it was my first uh, compilation of poems. And uh, so I was trying to find places. So it wasn't like in bookstores or anything. So, mm -hmm. uh, and uh I decided to, uh, there was a, a, back in the day and back in the early or, or mid-ish 2000s, I guess, um, mm -hmm. there was a, uh, the Artel, it was an arts collective, artist collective. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I approached them about doing a reading there and, and, but I wanted to create an open mic ahead of it. And Oh, anyway, the okay. open mic, long story short, the open mic was really, really well attended, really appreciated. That's great. And so that's how that series started. Mm -hmm. And then uh, other things have kind of, including the radio show a year later, that kind of sprung from that there at CFRC. Uh, and, uh, and then other things just developed around that. So it's just my activity with others. Yeah, that's a that's a great anecdote. Um, even with the award and just, you know, with um, your journey in poetry and your career, um, it's really evident that you're really heavily involved in, you know, the artistic community wherever you go. Um, how do you find the Kingston arts community? And um, would you say that maybe any other experiences you have outside of writing have helped you develop as a writer? I think uh, I'll answer the second part first is yeah. <laughs> uh, just because I think all things help me as a writer and it's just mm -hmm. a matter of being present and just observing. I'm a big passive observer. So I'm usually very quiet <laughs> because I'm just <laughs> looking at everything, watching everything, taking yeah. it in. Now the first part of your question again was, I'm sorry. Oh, the first part of my question was, um, you know, like you're involved with um, the arts community really heavily wherever you go. Um, how have you kind of seen the arts scene change over the years in your career? And like, what other roles do you play in it? I know your um, role isn't just limited to a poet. So it's really interesting to see, you know, like what other life experiences make up, you know, your persona as an author and a poet. Okay. Well, I, I am involved 
I'm quite active in trying to follow other, especially literary, artistic as well, but literary events. Yeah. Uh, there is a huge literary community here in Kingston. Uh, it was once said, and may still be said, I don't know, but per capita, there are more authors in Kingston than there are in any other place in Canada, oh. which may or wow. may not be true. But the, even if it is, you know, even if it isn't exactly that, there are a lot of I believe it. Yeah. Authors here, and there is mm -hmm. a lot of interest here, and there are a lot of poets here as well. So, mm -hmm. uh, just trying to stay connected. Uh, other things I've tried to do is I've tried to encourage, uh, uh, I've organized a few book launches for other people. Okay. I, uh, I facilitate an intuitive writing uh, workshop uh, that mm -hmm. kind of describes, kind of takes people through the writing process that I was talking about earlier, yeah. that's my own. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, again, the weekly radio show. And uh, I try to attend things both in community and on campus that are okay. that uh, community members can uh, go to, like especially Creative Writing at Queens has been a nice venue for me to tie into their events in the past. Oh, okay. And, so you yeah. work with the university as well. Yeah, exactly. That's great. That's great. Wow. So you're really um, heavily involved in like the literature scene in Kingston. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I try to stay very, very active. I stay as active <laughs> as I can in it. Let's put it that mm -hmm. That's great. Um, before we end off, is there anything else you want to add? Oh, I'm trying to think of anything. Um, maybe if you have um, any advice for aspiring poets or authors, um, you know, who are just discovering, you know, the beauty of writing, mm. um, do you have any advice that you have for them, our listeners? I think for other, uh, uh, especially let's just go with poets, because that's yeah. what I think I know best. Mm -hmm. I think for poets is just... To be sure, and if you are a poet, and even to start, even if you don't want to read at it, I really encourage poets to go to poetry readings, okay. open mics, uh, even if wow. you uh, don't want to uh, poetry open mics. If you even if you don't even if you don't plan on reading, there is uh, book launches, mm -hmm. uh, workshops, those kinds of things. So there's a synergy that's created in that that uh there's an energy there's a yeah. creative drive in that that uh, transcends even the beauty of whatever is being read or presented at those places oh okay that's that's some really great advice um if i were to dive maybe a little bit deeper okay um would you have any advice on you know you talked about finding your own voice and mm -hmm. trying to find your style of writing mm -hmm. um is there any advice you have for young poets who are trying to you know find their own style of writing rather than just trying to emulate what they see and hear like you talked about Honestly, I think that pretty much, I mean, especially in this day and age, uh, everything is pretty much accepted. I mean, yeah. things have mm -hmm. their own followers and their own groups. Uh, and there are some people that are just strictly still traditional poetry, but 
if you think you don't be afraid to go outside the box don't be afraid mm -hmm. to experiment yeah and 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 okay. in that you will find your voice uh, uh like i said too about me earlier i write i used to write rhyming stanzas i don't do that anymore <laughs> but i did it's almost the like traditional you to, yeah you just have to start mm -hmm. no matter you what you do and then the it will step. find itself over time yeah definitely and in that, I think you'll find your voice. How's that? Um, yeah, that's that's really great advice. And um, I hope our listeners appreciate such great advice coming from a veteran in the writing scene. Oh, you're um, kind. But thank you. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming out again. Um, it was really great to have you and hear about your experiences. And it's honestly very eye-opening that we have such a large community supportive of literature and keeping it alive in the heart of Kingston. So that's really good to know. And if anyone's interested, you can always look up, you know, open mic readings, um, clubs. Bruce is a guest at Queen's University for creative writing, if you're interested. Anyways, thank you so much for coming out again. And thank you, everyone, for listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. Have a great rest of the day, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I hope you folks have been having a great Wednesday so far. I know it's been quite cold today, but at least not as cold as you've kind of had it in the past. We've had a high of zero today and a low of negative nine. Um, and just looking ahead, tomorrow's weather is going to be sunny, which is a lot better than it was today, um, with a high of negative one and a low of negative six. But we can also expect some snow on the weekend, so just keep that in mind. In Recent news, the Queen's University class of 2020 has donated $14,000 to Food Banks Canada, despite facing their own year of challenges. Um, but it's really great that they're doing this as part of a new initiative that will mark the university's 180th year, while simultaneously challenging alumni to change something for good in their own communities, wherever in the world they may be. With the hashtag 184180, Queens is asking new graduates and anyone who would like to join them to turn something 180 degrees for good by volunteering for 180 minutes. More than 7,000 class of 2020 graduates were recently sent a package that included a custom notebook and a letter, encouraging them to make a difference in their communities. A portion of the price of each book was set aside for a donation. Based on votes by the graduates, Food Banks Canada, an organization that helps people living with food insecurity and supports a network of more than 600 food banks and more than 3,000 agencies across the country, was selected by the class of 2020 from a list of charities shortlisted by the Queen's University Alumni Association. The charity will receive $14,510. The announcement of the charity selected touches off the next part of the initiative, with the 180 for 180 challenge asking grads to keep on giving in ways that are meaningful to them, joining the board of an organization that is changing lives, sharing their skills with someone in the community who needs a helping hand, or volunteering for a cause that they care about. Class of 2020 grads are encouraged to use their custom notebooks to document how they spent 180 minutes turning something 180 degrees and then sharing their stories by posting to social media with the hashtag 184180 or emailing alumni at queensu.ca to let them know how they're helping. 
The City of Kingston has released the final design for the Point St. Mark Drive and Gore Road intersection, part of the Third Crossing Bridge project. The new design offers features for cyclists, pedestrians, and transit users, along with roadway improvements. Mark Van Buren, who is the Deputy Commissioner for Major Projects Office, says that providing more sustainable transportation options for residents is a vital part of the Third Crossing project overall. After hearing from residents and stakeholders, the final design of this intersection reflects Council's sustainable transportation priorities and community comments by providing several new features for cyclists, pedestrians, and transit users to move in and around Kingston. In August 2020, the Third Crossing Project team started engaging with local residents on the preferred design of the south leg of the Point St. Mark Drive and Gore Road intersection. Based on an informal poll of residents, input from Kingston Emergency Service Providers and the City's Transportation Department, the final design restricts vehicle access to prevent motorists from shortcutting through the Point St. Mark neighborhood and includes new active transportation infrastructure for cyclists, pedestrians, transit users, and multimodal travels. Highlights of the final design for the intersection include safety and connectivity enhancements for pedestrians and cyclists of all ages and abilities, improved pedestrian facilities with new sidewalks and crosswalks on Gore Road to connect to Highway 15 and the Future Bridge, improved cycling facilities, adding off-road cycling facilities, bicycle detection, and cross rides that will allow cyclists to remain on their bicycles and follow directional signals to cross the road, a ride-out for vehicles turning onto Gore Road, and all other access for vehicles on the south leg of the intersection is restricted. This prevents motorists from shortcutting through the Point St. Mark neighborhood. A multi-use trail along Gore Road improves connectivity to the rest of the city and encourages active transportation by multimodal users and future bridge users. Access for emergency service vehicles will be maintained and new bus stops and expanded transit infrastructure along Gore Road. The project's Get Involved Kingston page will be open for public input until the 23rd of February for residents to see the new intersection design and ask questions. Construction of the intersection will begin this spring and will be completed by the end of 2021. And you can go to cityofkingston.com slash getinvolved to check this out. When Nicole Franklin opened live free counseling services in Toronto in 2016, she had a specific vision for what she wanted to create. She just completed her master's of social work at Ryerson University, researching the experiences of young black girls in Canadian society and had worked with youth in Kingston and Toronto. And now she was ready to build her own space. Franklin said, a lot of my practice at live free is based on some hard experiences in life. Franklin, being a noticeably calm and positive person, specializes in counseling services for families, youth, and women. She said being a black woman with her own practice also gave her another early and unexpected differentiator when starting out. She went on to say that, even in a city like Toronto, there have not always been a lot of black therapists available within our community who have their own private practice. When I started Live Free, you could go on Psychology Today, enter Toronto or Mississauga, and I would be one of the only faces that would come up. Soon, Franklin said she noticed a trend of black clients reaching out, expressing relief to have found someone that would be able to relate to certain aspects of their lives. She said that they said, I just wanted someone that could understand certain things. She said offering that service felt like a way to uplift her community. It's like fighting back, providing a safe space for people of color, for them to be able to rest as a form of resistance, to be able to take care of themselves as a form of activism, 
to be able to really take off the mask that we have to wear every day to walk through different spaces that are not for us or safe to us. Live Free is kind of like my love letter to people like me. In her master's research at Ryerson, Franklin dug into what she said is a common shared experience of young black women, the stress of having to change which version of themselves they project in order to be accepted in certain spaces. We started to call that our mask, wearing different faces in different places. The stress and anxiety that it creates having to take off one version of who you are and put on another one, she said. Franklin runs Live Free, promoting a message of rest and joy, prioritizing self-care for her clients. It's a message that she said she feels Black women in particular may have not always heard. There are not always a lot of people telling us that it's okay to take care of ourselves. That's where that self-care base of my work is coming from, she says. A large part of her work now is also mentoring other Black therapists. She says that people that are just coming up that want to eventually run their own practice, we're just showing them how empowering it can be to empower others. That's a big part of what we're doing right now. Franklin moved to Kingston as a child at the end of elementary school, and with her parents still residents, she considers Kingston her hometown. And when her family arrived, she remembers her mother looking for ways to be more connected and engaged in the community um, by helping others. She started off working at the Boys and Girls Club of Kingston. She was doing different youth programs and initiatives that they had, and they would send her to Toronto to facilitate workshops for youth and do fundraising initiatives, and that's where a lot of her social work roots came from. And she then left Kingston for Toronto, where she worked at a grassroots organization called Sketch, and then she went on to pursue her degree at Ryerson. But that's all I have for you folks today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I hope that you have a great rest of your Wednesday. I hope that you're staying safe out there, um, doing what you can to keep yourself, your family, your friends, your community safe. But thank you again, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.